Our passion didn't start with the mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness in all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on the tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of teeth. And let's get honest, the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist, too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Kelly Tanner, your hostess with the Dental Handoff. And today, I have Danette Osageta with me, and we have been attending the CDHA meeting here in Sacramento, California all day. I've spoken to the group, and I uh, got to see my great friend Danette here, and she said, yes, I'll be on your podcast. So I wanted to bring Danette to you. Thank you so much for being a part of the Dental Handoff. Well, thank you, Kelly. It's a pleasure. Yeah, so how Danette and I know each other is that I used to work with Phillips Oral Healthcare as a professional educator, and she was one of my teammates. So so we traveled and did a lot of team training together and talked about oral health care and felt like we made a lot of impact in the dental industry. So Danette, tell us your story and about why and how <clears throat> dental hygiene chose you. Well, Kelly, dental hygiene chose me at the age of 17. And let's just say that's uh, been a few decades ago. Um, I was in my psychology class and we had um, professors from the local dental hygiene program at Fresno City College in Fresno, California, um, come into our classroom and do a career day. And at the time, I thought I wanted to be a child psychologist. And after that day, I knew dental hygiene was for me. I got the little brochure, looked at it, and I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want to do. Um, I wanted to be able to provide care to patients, but I wanted to do that independently a little bit and work a lot alongside the dental team, but I wanted to have uh, one-on-one experiences with patients. Also knew that I could have a family as a dental hygienist, and that was very important to me at uh, 17 years old. And um, from that day in my junior year of high school, I've never looked back, set the goals to be uh, a dental hygienist, attended uh, dental hygiene school. This is another thing that uh, Kelly and I share together. We both attended Old Dominion University, um, but not at the same um, time frame, a couple years apart. Um, I graduated from dental um, hygiene school at Old Dominion University in 1991, so I am showing my decades uh, now. 
And like Kelly shared today in her presentation to the California Dental Hygienists Association, um, was that her director at the time, Michelle Darby, uh, looked at her and saw something in her and encouraged her to someday go on to grad school. And that same beloved Michelle Darby um, also said to me that, you know, Danette, have you considered um, coming back someday and attending graduate school? So my someday took me some 20 years. Um, I raised my family and was a clinician for over 20 years uh, when I did decide in my mid-40s that I did want to go back um, for my master's degree and pursue education and um, attended the University of Missouri at Kansas City and um, finished my degree there with a master's of science in dental hygiene education and then uh, taught for nine years as well as uh, still continued to work as a clinician and um, through that experience with leadership in the California Dental Hygienist Association, I was uh, the Student Relations Council Chair, and students have always been my passion. And then really uh, sort of the corporate world uh, found me and had this opportunity that presented itself uh, through networking and through leadership. Um, and six years ago, um, started as the manager of professional education for Phillips Oral Healthcare, and I'm headed into um, my seventh year in this role. And really, um, not only my education, but also being a researcher when I went to grad school and researching. So that built every step I've taken has built the next step and the next journey for me, Kelly, and I believe um, my leadership journey had a part in that as well. So you, going back, rewinding just a little bit, so when you started off in education, you were also practicing clinically yes. as well. So you did both. You did two things because some people, when I coach or talk to them, they say, how do I do both? How do I manage both things? So how did you manage that? Well, and interestingly enough, uh, while raising uh, three daughters, and when I decided to go back to grad school, um, I knew I couldn't wait for my youngest, who is now turning 20, mm -hmm. but when my two older daughters uh, graduated high school, that's when I always said that that would be my time frame. So really um, worked as a clinician part-time, and, and the timing was just right as my children grew because it was very important to me to be the leader of our household, although I do share that leadership role. <laughs> Some days I do let him lead. <laughs> you let him. <laughs> <laughs> I allow him to lead. He, he's a very good follower, and um, I, I think surround yourself by people who support you, Kelly. That is so um, clue to what you said. How did I do it? Be, because I have a, a very loving husband who um, supports me. He never asked when um, I asked him. I said, oh, you haven't said much about me applying for grad school. And he just looked at me and said, um, there's really no stopping you. So how can I make dinner? How can I help you? So mm -hmm. I think uh, surrounding yourself by people who empower you and believe in you and believe you can do it, um, it gives you that confidence to do it. So it's all a matter of timing. I think sometimes when I have spoke to people, how do I get your job or how, how did you get into that? Uh, they want it now and um, 
not really the timing to allow themselves to grow as a leader, to grow as a clinician, as an educator. And I think kind of grow and evolve and develop that emotional intelligence that we talk to. How do we communicate and learn from other people? And so I think all of these uh, steps have led me to the next. And I believe in the power of networking Mm -hmm. as you and I uh, across different coasts. But people are like, well, how do you know Kelly? Or how do you know so-and-so? And I think just having your eyes open and people that gravitate into your realm and um, what you can gain from them. And I think listening, knowing who to reach out for to get the answer, knowing that you don't always have all of the answers, but I might be able to get you that answer or help me understand this. Um, I don't, you know, maybe it's leadership or about research, Kelly. How can I help you in an area? And I know with you and I sharing a passion uh, for forensic dentistry, both of us had a little bit in that background and how we came together and had different perspectives on that to develop a course that we did together. I think um, leading upward, that that you rise up and you move over and you brain the next people. And we only really empower ourselves by empowering others and, and seeing the greatness and not saying that I want to be like them or I, I want that job. Um, yes, we can acquire to that, but gain the skills that you will need to move the, to the next um, opportunity that may present itself. I remember when I was also in the role that, you know, you're West Coast, I was East Coast, I was Southeast, but people would often come to me and say, how do you get into a, a, an opportunity like this? And so with that, I think that, uh, that many corporate jobs prefer for you to have the master's degree. And I know that there are many associate level programs, but they, you know, having that master's degree does serve you in a lot of different areas, but then also to, and this is just, it, it came up for me while you were talking, because I remember that people would often ask me that question. It's not just that, it's also that they wanted to know who you were connected to, also your educational background as an educator and truly it's going back it's like you said earlier everything is connected to what it was previously and it's you can just like anything in your life you can look back six months ago and say oh that's why that happened or even a year ago retrospectively i mean you know like steve jobs said it's always you can connect the dots looking backwards but until you look back it's hard to know how it all connected but i remember when i was interviewing for that position. It was like they were looking at their degree, the how much educational experience I had, how many audiences I'd been in front of, how yes. influencing I was in that as a leader. Did you do you tell people the same thing? I I, I do um, so much. You know, I was very happy being a clinician and, and raising my family, and then there was just this fire inside to do something different with it. And as I expanded and went in, uh, I already had my bachelor's degree. So when I sought after my master's degree, I was very intentional in the programs I I looked. Um, Being from the West Coast, trained in the East, I was looking for a Midwest perspective, something different than what I was exposed to. And so I think you touched so much on that. How, How did the speaking come into play? How did I seek that out? Really, it was from my role as the 
um, chair of the Student Relations Council that I had to get up and, and speak in front of students and then larger audiences. And so that's where, and you know, looking back at 17, if you would have said, oh, you're going to get up and speak in front of thousands of people, I would have said, yes, I have a very outgoing personality, one-on-one, <laughs> -on -one, but I would have never envisioned that I would uh, speak for a living, as you say. So as I grew and uh, evolved, and it, it, it just seemed natural, and I think you touch on so much of it of empowering yourself and so much of the research background and being exposed to other people because I chose that Midwestern perspective. And I think a lot of times we want to see the differences in people, but let's see what is the same about all of us. And I, uh, grad school sparked so many interests that I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And almost like, squirrel, let's go over here yeah. and let's go over here. The one thing that I knew in my heart that was me was education, that I love to educate my patients and others. And then um, just learning and growing from others, right? Of um, letting people pour into me and then mm -hmm. that pours out and, and to other people. So I think if um, it's, it's not an age thing, you'll know when you're ready. I cannot underestimate um, for those coming right out of dental hygiene school or a few years out, allow yourself that space to gain some of that clinical experience. And then never say no to an opportunity that may present itself on the forensic ends. I, I was deathly afraid of death. That's why I didn't want to go into nursing because I thought I couldn't see people die. And then as I got older and the opportunity was presented by an employer to go and, and do the 45-hour CE course on forensic dentistry, it was facing a fear. And I think every day to live on that edge, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. Mm. Just a little bit of uncomfort. And then sometimes, Kelly, we just maybe fake it till we make it and ha having finding that inner confidence and don't let the little voice tell you you can't um i used to tell my students they would get really nervous i'm going to see my patient and i i said just put on the clothes of confidence your patient doesn't know that they're their first patient please don't tell them you've been seeing your <laughs> classmates so they're not your first patient I, and I told one student I want you to walk on that clinic floor and own the confidence I am confident today and you are confident you are confident in exploring you're confident at probing and, and just build on that. And so I think sometimes when you say, oh, I probably shouldn't take that opportunity, when that little feeling says that to you, that's when you should absolutely mm -hmm. take the opportunity. And um, a saying that I know that you shared with us at Phillips um, fell forward. So we're always moving, and it's okay to stumble and fall, and it's how you get up and fight the next day. Yeah. I mean, because you're even talking about facing your fears with death and then also to the one that you, like you said, looking back at your 17 year old self, you would never have thought that you would have been talking, speaking in front of hundreds and thousands of people. So that's a fear for a lot of people as well. Yes. People say, how do you even do this? How did you get to the point where you were comfortable with that? So how, what would you say that you did to overcome that fear? I think um, even working with a coach 
and I'm very uh, small and short. And the coach, I told him, um, a member on our team was almost six feet tall, and I watched her speak, and I said, you know, she commands the audience um, just by her height. I mean, a thin woman, but um, height and the way she did it. And he had me video myself, and I sent my videos, and he, he said, Danette, I would... I can see that you're very petite. He goes, but your energy is very large and a little bit of humor that comes out. And he goes, let that true personality come out. I'm always nervous. I think nervous energy is a good thing. I play on it. It's about the first two to three minutes. Maybe for me, it's even less now, but the first five minutes always make a, a, a friendly face in the audience. Maybe they come in a few minutes early, I go over and say hi, so I already have a friendly face. Um, on webinar, a little harder, try to look, um, imagine that audience, it's one member, it may be on a webinar, I recognize the name, um, something like that. So you get, like anything, the more you practice it, the better you get. Yeah, so. and then, because there's so many there's so many new things that you're talking about that so many people wonder about, you know, going into corporate speaking, going into a different field where forensic odontology and, and the different um, and exploring that field altogether. So what made you open to saying yes to any of these things? Um, I think I was more afraid of being stuck and I, and I didn't want to be stuck. And um, I love new adventures and like to travel, um, lifelong learner, probably my greatest strength is that quest uh, for knowledge. And, and I think some of that, of, of the fear of being stuck was greater than the fear of going forward, surrounding myself by people that um, empower me every day. As I mentioned before, colleagues like you, Kelly, that we just high five each other, you did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, asking for feedback. Don't be afraid. Feedback can be hard to receive. Find the little nugget in it that you go, you know what, they're absolutely right because they're probably going to give you a little bit of feedback that you already know and then try to improve on that skill, um, knowledge, attitude, whatever it is. And I don't think I know it all. So if I ever get that question from an audience member, I'm very honest. I don't have that answer. Let me research that. May I get back to you? And I think um, that is a clue. Learn from your audiences. Be open to learning from other people. Um, and, And I think the diversity, as I mentioned before, of we have more in common than we have difference. And then having that quest to know about people. I, I love to hear their stories and their journey and, and finding that there's common themes and threads in that. Yeah. That's, it's so important to, and I, I love what you said there, that knowing that people have more in common than the, what they, what the differences that kind of split them apart and bringing people together with yes. that. And so taking that concept and taking it to a corporate environment, that was very different than an educational environment. So what was the main difference that you saw or that you experienced from education to corporate? Um, That's interesting. Um, I would really have to 
think about that because that was an interview question that I had. You know, you made the transition from clinical practice to education. Now how do you think you'll make their transition into the corporate world. And I think don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to say, I'm sorry, I don't really um, know that. Help help me understand um, what it is. Learning about the business. And so allow your time because I think the company, when they see that there's something new that they see in you that they want to bring out, um, that they're going to allow you that time. Don't think that you have to know everything within the first six months mm-hmm. and allow your time, allow yourself that time to learn your business and um, seek management feedback. And you and I um, share a love for our manager, and I believe that our manager believes so much in us and let us grow and develop and and praise that you know and slowly gave us a little more um nuggets or responsibility surround yourself ask questions it doesn't have to be within your own team ask in the other team um members they might be part of your bigger um team such as the marketing team or the sales team watch other people observe what they Mm -hmm. do find verbiage that you can utilize and take the nuggets absolutely and you know you said it so well when you said that um you're not going to know everything when you first start and with any of the transitions that you make or any of us make is that i think that we can feel so sort of stifled and sort of frozen by the whole thing of, I don't know everything about this yet. And that's okay because no one expects for you to. And then to lean into that, to say, help me understand, because that's what's going to help them know what you need more support with and where you are to meet you where you are, because otherwise they don't know what you don't know. (laughs) And I think a lot of times they want different perspective. I I know coming into the role, uh, I had a lot of research and educational backgrounds. Someone else has maybe working with dental service organizations. So a lot of times corporations are looking for a very diverse um, background from different people. So when you go in, if you are interviewing for those type of jobs, do point out what you bring to the table that might be unique that is exactly what they're looking for, or they don't know they're looking for it, and then they realize that that's what they're looking for in that. And I think that's where you develop very, very strong teams who can work very well together is when you embrace those differences and lean in. I agree because I know that too with our manager that she would say, okay, Danette, I know that you enjoy this. Do you want to do this? Kelly, I know that you want to do this. Do you want to do this? So it was very much her identifying what our strengths were and where, where she knew that we wanted to develop based on our larger plan for our career. So it was really kind of cool to see all that support happening from a corporate level because people have different experiences. Mine was amazing. Um, It was a learning opportunity. Not every day was the same, which was cool. You know, that's kind of what we love about our profession. And I'm I'm just so glad that you're able to talk to us today about your journey and from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, because I get that question all the time about how do I 
And so many people can be like, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. And I'm like, you're never ready. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And embrace that, that that you're never ready. And, and growth doesn't happen and development doesn't happen and leadership doesn't happen unless you're willing to take that chance. And I think have the confidence that you're willing to take that chance when other people, as you said, so elegant today that someone recognized in and, us that we had differing potential and being very both of us very young when we graduated how did someone recognize uh, me at 22 or 23 that I may have this potential and I'm certainly a very vastly different person at 56 than I was at at 22 years old and it's uh, been fun to take the journey in the river and watch where it's taken me and I think so much was the quest for learning it and know your time um, I probably couldn't do the role I do today while I was having young children at home. And so I knew that about myself and the timing. Timing is everything. And if someone tells you no and you go for it, um, that might motivate you to do even better or it's not where you're supposed to be at that time. And I believe a lot in destiny and whatever your beliefs may be, I, I think a lot of times our paths are led and one of my experiences in graduate school is my research and writing wasn't finished and I was so upset because I wanted to walk in May I'm I'm like okay and they're like no you know we're going to extend your graduation till December and it wasn't an extension we all had different time frames and at the time I cried because I was so worried about just walking over a, a st- over a stadium you or to over do it the in May. Or, and right? you wanted to do it in May, and, and, not December. <laughs> right. And letting that time, my research was so much richer, and then it was award-winning. And all I could look up, for me, it was God and say, oh, God, your, your plans were so much greater than mine. All I wanted to do was walk, and, and he wanted me to share so much of my research and, and knowledge with the body and and all these different people. And so all of these wonderful opportunities came out of six months of growth that needed to happen for the research to be richer, for me to savor it and, and all of that. So sometimes the shutting of the door, kind of my foot was still in there, but I'm like, okay, it's kind of pried open, but it was the greatest gift that I couldn't see that was coming. So what was around the corner was even better than what was right in front of me. I found that when we don't attach ourselves to exactly what the outcome looks like is when there's more freedom for everything to be possible. Absolutely. You know, and that's when it's just so much like, what? I didn't even know this was possible. What? I mean, I would have been, think about what I would have only been, but it allowed you to shine. Yes, in, in in a different way and meet so many more people and 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 share my love and it at the time and the cultural competency and how much that has grown and 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 know that our body of knowledge is still growing you go oh, yeah I graduated from dental hygiene school nothing changes everything changes mm-hmm. and I think the greater capacity to adapt to change Kelly is every day is change and like as you said every day is different and I know as clinicians, sometimes they're like, oh, I'm doing the same t- thing. I always saw that I was waking up a different day. I was seeing a different set of patients. And I think for you, exactly what you said, that every single day is different. 
did I wake up this morning thinking I was going to do a podcast with Kelly? No, I did not. But she's like, hey, five minutes were going on. <laughs> okay. okay. So it's very much um, the capacity. And I, I think my 22-year-old and my 17-year-old self would say I was a little more stuck in change. And now I'm like, yep. Yep, let's go with it and roll and with free, it. Freedom, of course. Parenting will do that to you too. So, <laughs> That's so um, true. you know, maybe the growth for me had to happen through being a parent as well. It's hard to say, isn't it? Because it's also connected. I, it's also connected, and I, I will just tell you by taking these opportunities, the vast amount of people that have been placed in my life and the lifelong friendships all across this country and hopefully across the world with more international opportunities. Um, you know, I haven't seen Europe yet. Some of that um, I'm very looking forward to. And as I get closer to entering my sixth decade of life, um, it's hard to to say that I'm that age, but I'm also embracing that with a new found excitement, like what's around the next corner. Yeah. So I always tell students, let your river uh, take you where it's going to because your river isn't my river and um, let your path be guided how it's going to be. 100%. And, well, yeah. So thank you so much for oh, being absolutely here my with pleasure. us today. How do people get in touch with you if, you want, if they want to reach out to you? Uh, you can reach me via, uh, via email at uh, my first name, Danette, with a period, my last name, Osegeta, at Phillips dot com is the best way to get a hold of me um i am on uh, facebook you can add me as a friend um so however please reach out if you're out there and you're like something you said um are, are you willing to mentor me or have a conversation absolutely um you know reach out i'd be willing to sit with you over a zoom meeting a half an hour um oftentimes i do have people say you know, can you mentor me? And and someone in this room today uh, was someone who said that, and we met like three times, and it's just amazing to watch her journey. And it, it doesn't take much to say, tell me about this, and then it puts them off on their own little path. So absolutely. Yeah, and, that, and that's exactly why I wanted you on our <laughs> podcast today because I know I knew her heart and went, I knew that she might say yes and knew that you wanted to hear her message. So everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the Dental Handoff. Please do me a favor and give us five stars on um, on Apple that uh, because that's the <laughs> five and ten. Um, and we appreciate your support and you guys keep crushing it out there. Be well. Bye, everyone. Bye.